0: Let's go.
1: I sell products, not advertising. This monkey business is in your blood, under your skin. You're okay, now he's just getting in. You're only getting started. Think what I tell them to think.
0: Oh, have I got your attention now? You have part of my
1: attention. You have the minimum amount. This guy's got the right idea.
0: Why don't we begin?
1: Target locked and ready. Bombs away. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of Pod Sessions with me, your host, Mitch Fanning. For those listening for the first time in this bi-weekly podcast, my goal is to have meaningful conversations with interesting people covering a variety of topics, including B2B marketing to personal growth. In this podcast session, I had the opportunity to speak with longtime colleague Mark Evans on the topic of brand storytelling. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Mark, he's a marketing consultant, entrepreneur, and writer who's been telling stories for the past 25 years and has helped over 100 companies with their marketing to accelerate growth. Mark also produces one of Canada's most popular newsletters for entrepreneurs and marketers, and has just released his second book called Marketing Spark, which is a blueprint that helps entrepreneurs ignite their marketing by embracing the power of storytelling. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, We now have visual on target. Okay, well, Mark, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for, for being here. I know that between the second edition of your book coming out, and, and obviously you running your your consulting business, your plate is is usually always full, but probably a, a bit more so now. Uh, so again, thanks thanks again, and I I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's always good to I'm uh, always happy to talk about brand storytelling because I think it's it's really important, and I think for many companies, it's often the value is often underestimated.
1: No, absolutely. So I I think one of my kind of the the questions I had when I was looking through the outline that you had sent was that, that pivotal moment or that, that catalyst that made you decide to, to write the second edition. And, and again, just kind of maybe piggybacking off that, what, what's different?
0: So my original book, Storytelling for Startups, was launched uh, about three years ago. And in some respects, I, I felt like I rushed it to market because the storytelling wave was just starting to build and I didn't want to miss it. So put the book out, it was it was great from a brandy perspective but I always felt that the book was wasn't the book that I wanted to write so I thought you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go back I'm gonna I'm gonna write some new case studies I'm going to sort of improve a few areas and that'd be that I'd have an easy second edition and, and what happened was I looked at the book and like every writer does I looked at it and went this book can be way better like there's so many there's yeah, so much exactly. room for improvement like we as a writer you always think that way and so I ended up like rewriting half the book, and then the second half, I, I took a different approach and I added more illustrations and worksheets and templates. And um, and the book is so different. I actually renamed it "Marketing Spark" as opposed to "Storytelling for Startups." So I'm really excited about the book. It's it, it feels like the book that I that I wanted to write, but I uh, it just took me another three years to get the get it done right.
1: Now I want to just dig into that because one thing key thing that you had mentioned was it was it was kind of early in kind of the the brand storytelling narrative that was happening out there. But you had said that you'd wanted to change up a few things. Do you think it was just because you you now had kind of case studies you wanted to add to it? Can you just elaborate a little bit on that?
0: I think I wanted to come at it at a different way. Like there's a lot of books out there that, that talk about a particular topic, whether it's content marketing or social media or storytelling. And, and that's fine. But I wanted my book to be more prescriptive. I wanted it to be a workbook. Like a book that you wasn't—I didn't want it to be a book that you read and you put on your bookshelf and it collected dust. I wanted to be a book that you left on your desk, so that when you were doing marketing or you are doing marketing, that you would refer to it on a regular basis. So, what tools should I take? What are the steps that I should use when I'm trying to do marketing? You know, what what, what should what should con- concepts look like? Are there any worksheets that I can use when I'm trying to do marketing? So it's really. It's really a hands-on prescriptive book for people that want to learn about marketing but actually do it at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think that's important because there are certain books that I have that I literally go back to over and over and I reread and I reread. And sometimes it's because I, I pull certain things out that I didn't before, but then it's just because it's, it, like you said, it, it is actually a workbook for me. It's something that I can use as a framework to implement and actually take action out there. Uh, and I think that's important, uh, when people are thinking about creating books and maybe, maybe you can elaborate a bit more cause you're actually, you've actually done it, uh, twice. But I think that's important because sometimes you get these books and there's not a lot of substance to it. And I find that more and more as I get older, I'm I'm very aware of that. So I think the fact that coming at it this way kind of creates more value for, for the reader.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, here's the thing about business books. And I don't know if this is your experience, but I'll read a book and I'll get probably, I don't know, 25, 30 pages into it. And I got the gist of the book. Like I understand what their concept is. I understand where they're coming from, but I get bored. And I said to my, I say, I don't have to read 150 more pages to understand what you're trying to say. I understand your argument. And I think that's the problem with a lot of books. They, they tend to be a lot of books tend to be vanity projects, um, branding exercises as opposed to books that deliver a lot of value. And so I didn't want. Marketing Spark to be that kind of book. I wanted it to be a book that people could actually use. Like, if people use, like, write in the book and they're writing notes and they're using the worksheets and it's dog eared and it's something that they pick up once a week or once every two weeks, and that's that's success for me. You know, I, I, to be honest with you, if people don't read the book cover to cover, that's fine. If they want to read a couple of chapters or a particular chapter about a marketing channel, that's great. I mean, that's, I think that's the use case for the book is use it. Based on your interests and use it based on your needs. And I
1: think it I think this is like an important you know conversation to have because we're I think we're all in in a in a way content creators. And I've often thought about writing a book, but like you, I I wanted to come at it where I'm I'm providing a lot of value, and not just it's not just fluff. And I think more and more. Uh, even though you actually drill into uh, some of the some of the actual ch- channels and tactics you can use as of as of now, you know the way I based on the outline, based on just kind of uh, reading a little bit of, uh, yeah, and you and I having these con- our conversations before we actually uh, press record is in a way it's kind of a framework to create the story and, and that and that in, in a sense is timeless. It's you know there may be. Little tweaks to that front, but ultimately, someone could probably come back to this book five years from now and just be able to implement a really good storytelling plan for their business.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, channels do change, and and I feel even right now that there, there's the marketing landscape is shifting, and people's people are sort of questioning. Um, how and when they use digital marketing channels but I think fundamentally storytelling is something that's got staying power I mean we've always told stories and and brands have told stories for decades and decades and storytelling is a lot of hype around storytelling but fundamentally it's the way that you connect with customers and uh, and the channels are just a delivery mechanism so every brand needs to tell stories and the channels they use depend on who their target audiences are and and how they engage with with customers um, so I think the first half of the book for sure has staying power. It, you know, the, the focus on storytelling and messaging and strategy and who gets to tell your stories are are, are things that are going to stick around for a long time. And the second half of the book, which is focused on particular channels, those channels are relevant now. They may be relevant in a couple of years, but those channels may change um, down the road. And that's that's just the reality of marketing. It's it's it, things never stay the same.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the one thing that does stay the same, though, is as, as you had mentioned, the the power of storytelling, and it, you don't have to really be a, a marketer or even in business to realize. All you have to do is just know when when you're watching, a, you know, something on Netflix. If you're if you're engaged, it's probably because it's a good story. So, I mean, it's not rocket science. But but I guess the question is, you know, from your point of view, what makes storytelling so powerful?
0: That's a really that's a really big question. We could spend an entire podcast focused yeah. on that, but I think um, you know, if there's a there's a few ways to approach this. One is from a neuroscience standpoint, is that and just the way our brains are are wired, is that we are um, wired for storytelling. Our brains are activated and engaged when we hear stories, and that's why for years and years and years, stories have always been a powerful medium. And I think the other way to look at it is that. Is that we live in very crazy times, you know, multitasking and looking at our smartphones, you know, any, you know, dozens and dozens of times a day. And, and we're inundated with information. According to one study, we see or hear more than a hundred thousand words a day, you know, text messages and social media and content marketing. And so the, the world moves so fast that the biggest challenge for brands these days, the ultimate challenge is capturing people's attention. And this whole idea of the attention economy. And so how do you do that? You know, you can do that by creating amazing content. You can do that by doing spending money um, on huge marketing campaigns. Or you can do that by creating really compelling stories. And I think for small and big brands, storytelling, good storytelling resonates. And that it it makes people stop and for Even for a short period of time so that you can actually get your message, um, delivered. And, and if you can get people to stop for a short period of time, that's a major victory in this day and age because people don't, they have very short attention spans. Um, and they're lazy. You know, people aren't willing to put the time and effort to read your website or go through your marketing collateral. But if you tell a good story, um, you have a better chance of actually getting them to pay attention.
1: I'm glad you brought up the the neuroscience aspect because in in preparation for our talk, I kind of hit Google and, and there was a couple videos. There was one video that specifically said this is what happens in your brain. And so it was interesting you could actually see, okay, this is these are the chemicals that are released uh, when a good story is being told and and it kind of made sense and then kind of to triangulate or, or to piggyback on that. I'm not sure if you you're aware of the the project, the the Significant Objects experiment that happened in 2009. Basically, the the project or the experiment was about I think about a hundred storytellers got together, and they were very transparent about it. But they they got about 130 dollars worth of thrift store junk, um, randomly or on eBay for a dollar, and they ended up. Uh, telling, uh, getting a whole bunch of, uh, I think it was either them or they, they got a, some, some some creative writers to write stories about these objects. And again, they were very transparent about, like, these are actual fictional stories. But what they did was they posted these objects up on eBay with the story. And they ended up selling those um, those objects for thirty six hundred dollars, so they 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 bought it for about one hundred and thirty, and they sold it for thirty six hundred. So when you look at like okay, there's there's this is what's going on in your brain, and then you can, you know start digging around, and you see the, the you know the the results of this. Um, it, it it starts to make you, and then you you use your own anecdotal, um you know experiences. You start to realize that yeah, storytelling. You know, it's it is pretty powerful. It does it do, it can produce results, right?
0: I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm a big advocate for storytelling. But you know, one of the things that I find interesting is that a lot of entrepreneurs have trouble uh, bridging the concept of storytelling. Even if they understand the the why it makes sense and why they should be doing it with the actual um, embrace of storytelling when it comes to their sales and marketing. And I think one of the big challenges is that. Is that actually sort of how do I how do I make how do I make storytelling part of my marketing and part of my sales? Um, and they get I think they get intimidated by the fact that it involves a lot of work or you have to be particularly creative or you have to think out of the box. And I think that's not true at all. I think we're all storytellers. I mean, we're telling stories all the time in our personal and our professional lives, and we can easily apply stories when it comes to our marketing and sales so just give you an example like i was talking to a friend of mine and she's a business coach and she was having coffee with a prospect and she was um you know telling him about how she could help him and they had a really good meeting And the guy stood up and left and this woman who was sitting at the next table leaned over and said to my friend you know i i, I apologize for eavesdropping but i heard what you were saying to uh that person and i really like what like, I really like what you were saying. Maybe I could become a client of yours. Now, that is a great story. And so as a business person, you say to yourself, where, where, where could I tell that story? So that would be a great, a great blog post, for example. You could make a podcast. You could do a video based on that story. So the idea is you to capture the stories all around you, the stories that you see and hear every single day, and then say to yourself, well, how could I, how could I tell that story in my marketing, in my sales? And it's as easy as that, and that's that's what I'm trying to sort of emphasize with my book and and when I talk.
1: That kind of leads me to kind of my next thought is is if we had to kind of unpack that, what what really in your mind makes a a good story?
0: Well, that that's another interesting question, and you can slice and dice that a lot of different ways. But I think the biggest thing to think about is your audience. So it's not so much the stories that you want to tell although that is important but you have to think about what are the stories that my audience wants to hear what kind of stories would they find um, interesting or educational or entertaining and then you you craft stories that way so you know when I was a reporter um, newspaper reporter I mean there was all kinds of stories that I could tell but I had to think about well is anybody going to read a particular story and if I thought there was there was interest in that story, I would write it. And the same goes for marketing and sales, is that you've got people out there who want to learn things, who want to educate themselves, who want to be entertained. And so your stories have to cater to them. So every story idea that you collect along the way has to has to sort of pass the sniff test. You know, is it interesting? Would the story be engaging or educational or entertaining? And if it does, um, then you can figure out, okay, so where, where do I tell that story? Um, And what what channel makes the most sense?
1: I guess the other way of looking at this is like in your mind, what does a good story kind of achieve?
0: So I think there's there's a few things um, that a good story will do. One is that it will educate your target audiences because people have lots of questions. It's one of the reasons why people use Google, because they they're looking for answers so that a a good story will educate them and answer their questions. That's fundamental. Uh, Number two is that a good good story builds trust. If they, um, look at your videos or read your content and feel that, that you know what you're talking about, you've got domain expertise and they start to trust you, then the next step for them is to reach out to you and say, well, maybe we could talk about the services that, that you can offer. And I think the third thing is loyalty. You know, if people feel that you're delivering value on a regular basis, if you're meeting their needs and interests or answering their questions, that you're a brand that, that, um, that makes an impact. That makes a difference in their lives. And so, good storytelling, you know, does lots of things. Um, but I think it, at the end of the day, it, it just builds really strong relationships between brands and consumers.
1: And that's important. And, and a lot, and that can be actually achieved through storytelling, of course. But but that's the important thing. Is a lot of people, you know, even though in this world of Data, brand, and storytelling and content it, it's, its one of those things that's number one. Seems to be intangible. Seems to be hard to measure. When you think about it, it's really the X factor in a lot of cases.
0: Yeah, I think there's. I think that's one of the big challenges with with uh, storytelling is that in a data-driven world where everything can be can be measured and quantified. Storytelling can be somewhat subjective. I mean, you know, what's a good story and what's a bad story? What what makes for a successful story versus something that doesn't work? And yes, you can measure campaigns that are infused with with storytelling, um, but but in many ways, storytelling is one of those things. It's almost like a leap of faith. You just have to believe in the power of storytelling. You have to you have to um, understand that it does make a difference. And I think. One of the things to think about uh, from a competitive point of view is that every there's ultra competition in every single category, especially when it comes to technology, where the barriers to entry are are getting lower all the time. And so how do you differentiate yourself from products that look the same, have the same features, are priced fairly similar um, and the benefits are the same? So what's the difference? What's the difference between brand A and brand B? Well, the difference may be the fact that brand A has a has a more exciting um, uh, brand. Their storytelling is more interesting and more engaging, and people feel like they feel an affinity to that brand because they're doing something different. It's not that their products are any better. It's just that they they just they just have a different aura. And, and a classic example is is um, is Apple versus Dell. You know, both companies are very successful, but obviously Apple is really successful. And what Steve Jobs did was Steve Jobs was the ultimate storyteller. He yeah exactly he he teed it up. I mean, whenever he appeared on stage, it was a storytelling presentation, and his audience was was so enrapt, enraptured with him, like they just everything word he said was was taken as the gospel. And and they just created a narrative around that brand, and they still have it that that people are willing to pay a premium price for an Apple computer because. Because of the brand story, what it represents, and I think that's that's like a a great illustration of of storytelling in action.
1: Yeah, and and just to add to that, one of the things I always look at almost initially when when working with a a company is I'll I'll ask them like, what's their zero cost marketing? What I mean by that is like, where if they can if they know how many customers are actually coming from word of mouth. And the reason why I feel like that's so important is because number one, I feel there's a couple of reasons. As a as a marketer, I, I have to be yeah, I have to be like seen as the number one brand ambassador for the for the for the product. And I I have to know that if I was to recommend this to say a peer or to say, to a friend, that they wouldn't turn around and say, Why did you do that? They they would almost thank me for it. But I also think that if you're seeing good word of mouth marketing, the other, the next question is, how do you leverage that? And really, w- one of the easiest ways, in my mind, to leverage it is to have a good story, because stories are passed on, as you know, been, this has been happening for thousands of years. And if if someone can tell your story very easily, then it's really a good way to fuel that word of mouth channel, if you will.
0: So I think that you know, as I said earlier, we live in very like you know, frenetic times and, and that it's people don't pay attention and everyone wants information spoon fed to them really easily. So um, when I talk to companies about crafting their stories, a lot of it comes down to simplicity. Like don't, don't um, confuse me with industry acronyms or, or industry vernacular. That stuff's not relevant to me. I'm not really interested in that. What I'm interested in is really um, a story that explains How your product is going to make an impact on, on my life. I'm as, you know, consumers these days are, are very selfish and, and they want instant gratification. So as a brand, you really need to deliver it on a platter. It has to be easy to understand. It has to be engaging. It has to be relevant. And if you can achieve those, then people will instantly understand what you do and why it matters to them. And then, um, then they could share with others. And that's the ultimate, um, that's that's what you want as a marketer. Like you want to to have an army of people who are evangelists and advocates on your behalf. They're telling your story, um, so that your, your marketing is like supercharged. Uh, and your marketing budget is like, you know, is, is like, it's just gets amplified all the time. And that's, and that, that's what happens if you tell good stories. It's one of the benefits of having good stories.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, to be honest, I think what happens is it's it is a bit of a long play, a long game, and I think that's where a lot of companies and marketers they they fall off the wagon is because they're not willing to give it give it time for that story to actually propagate and 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 gain some traction.
0: Yeah, it's ironic because, you know, consumers are looking for instant gratification and so are brands when it comes to their marketing. So yeah. And I agree with you that sometimes marketing, uh, takes time to resonate that you can, you have, you have campaigns that need to get into the marketplace. People need to sort of explore your, your story and your marketing and they need to think about whether it matters to them. And then the buying decision takes time. Not everyone, you know, makes an instant decision about, I'm going to buy this product. Sometimes it takes, it takes weeks or months for them to get around to making a purchase, but. Um, successful storytelling resonates with people and your brand is top of mind. And I think that's one of the big, um, the big advantages of good storytelling is that it keeps you, um, it, it makes people remember you and, and remember your brand. So when they get around to buying a product, you're, you're one of the brands that they consider. If you're not telling stories then they're not even thinking about you, um, they may find you by luck. But if you're, if you're a HubSpot, for example, and you're selling a CRM system, Which is a big decision for a lot of companies. And you've been reading HubSpot ebooks for, for months and months. Who are you going to consider when you buy a CRM? Who's going to be top of mind? Well, HubSpot is going to be top of mind. And, and, and in in many ways, ebooks, which HubSpot does really well, are stories. They're just longer stories, um, but they're stories about how to do something. So, um, you know, that's, that's the big thing is I, you know, going back to sort of the original comment about the attention economy and getting people to actually pay attention to you and your brand is that's what storytelling does um it's 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 the way to capture people's attention when no one's really paying attention that much anymore
1: no absolutely so when it when it comes to storytelling though like what what story should uh should a company kind of tell first or start with
0: so where, where i start with a lot of clients who come to me because they're they have no story or their story is confusing I i always like to sort of Peel it. Go back to the studs um, using a using a sort of a renovation analogy, and you've got to you've got to sort of establish uh, three things. One is, what do you do? Who do you serve? And how are you different? And once you answer those questions, then you can start to look at uh, the, the benefits that your product delivers and how it changes somebody's um, life, what the end result is for somebody. But um, and it's it sounds really simple that like the idea of answering the three questions because, well, I, you know, we've been running this company for years and we know, we know all the product inside out, yeah, but, but that's it. You've had a biased view of the world and you really got to go out to your customers and you've got to talk to your employees and you got to talk to prospects. Um, you've got to talk to people who, who were customers and get sort of a 360 view of the world so that you can really understand what your story is. And once you've got your core story, once you know your value propositions um once you know, like, once you've got a positioning statement, then you can start to take that core story, um, which is the story that everyone will remember and recite, and then you can tell it in different places. So you can tell it on your presentations and your sales sheets and social media and your blog. But, but I like, I, I just feel that you've got to have the core story and everyone has to know the story inside out. And when anybody in the company is asked or a partner or uh, an investor, they tell the same story, and if you can do that, then then that's a great starting point. It's a great building block.
1: So, you know, in your mind, who should own kind of the, the, the management of the storytelling in terms of how it gets where it gets ultimately distributed?
0: I mean, you've got to have a champion uh, internally, and it could be the founder, for example, but in many cases, maybe the the head of marketing, the person who is responsible for um, deciding what the story is, um, where it's told, and how it's told. And that person is responsible for making sure that the story stays uh, relevant, um, is timely, and uh, and and connects with customers. But that being said, um, I think that good organizations um, tell their stories by getting input from everybody. So that it's not just the marketing department that owns the story and tells the story, is that they're, they facilitate the story, but they've got to get input from customer service because those are the people that are talking to customers on a regular basis. Or the sales team w- who are talking to prospects, people who aren't customers but hopefully will be. Um, or it's um, or it's the executives who are going to conferences and, ta- and seeing what the competition is saying. So the the, the the value comes in everyone's providing input, everyone's providing ideas. And so the story stays super relevant, and um, and the story always changes. Like it's really important to craft the story and to get the story down, but the story will change because the competitive landscape changes, your product changes, uh, customer demands taste change. Um, so you can never stay complacent when it comes to your story because it's a living, breathing type of thing.
1: Do you have uh, maybe you haven't thought about, it or maybe you don't have an opinion? on, on this, but I've been thinking more and more about, uh, and again, depending on, on the size of the company, of course, but when it comes to, when it comes to content and and even, you know, your, your story, ultimately when it comes to the ongoing stories, not necessarily the core story, uh, but the ongoing, when it comes to your content team, having almost, uh, like a, a chief editor to run that almost like, uh, almost like, again, a, a media company is almost the right play. If you really want to leverage the content uh, and the storytelling capabilities, um, almost become that uh, quote unquote, a media company in a sense, or at least one, one component of your marketing team becomes a, a media company or a media team. What are your what are your thoughts on that
0: I think mean, I think it's absolutely the, the right approach if you can afford it you know for example intercom uh, which is a very um, fast-growing company is a guy named John Collins and he is like their editor-in-chief uh, and oversees their podcasts and their ebooks and their blog posts and he came from a, he's a newspaper guy he came from an Irish newspaper and he operates like a newspaper editor I and mean, he's a quality control and makes sure everything's consistent and I think these type of positions are going to become increasingly important because, um, there's too much bad content out there. And that's, there's a lot of noise and every company is, seems to be creating content for the sake of creating content. And I think at some point in time, content's going to lose its effectiveness because people are going to get content fatigued. It's going to be another listicle, another how-to article. Um, and, and after a while, I think, you know, Brands are going to have to really focus on high quality content. I think it's going to be a, a quality versus quantity game. And I think that time is coming fast. I'm, I'm feeling it myself. And when I, 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 you know, I, I look at people, well-known uh, marketers like Tara Hunt or Amber Naslund, and they're talking about it now. And what they're saying is that, that if you want to differentiate yourself, if you want to capture people's attention, then your content's got to be great. And I think that's going to be very challenging for a lot of brands, but I also think that it's also going to make storytelling even more important than it is today.
1: No, absolutely. And if I could almost just go off script, I I feel that there's there's a different there's lots of different ways, and it. it all depends on on what the company is trying to achieve and, and the goals and and uh, just this the DNA of the company itself. But more and more, I'm I'm looking at structuring teams, uh, just having a because of the way marketing changes is just to have a marketing services team. And that's kind of where your ops and your, your product marketers live and just people that basically support and optimize the, the marketing function. And then basically having a, a the second team is just a media team. And, and really, it's focused as top of the funnel, just like a media company would do. They're just there to drive attention and really create quality content. In a way, not worrying about is this spend... Is this spend actually driving revenue, you know, in the next quarter, in the next year. But looking at it, this is just building our brand for the next three to five years. And and again, that's it's hard to do. But you, you know, when you look at companies that have done it, you can very clearly see that the reason why they're they're leaders is because of their brand and theirs and their storytelling and their content. I e, like you said, Apple. Uh, and then obviously the third team is just really pipeline and, and revenue. And you just, that's when you just merge marketing and sales together. Uh, and their one, one focused is dr- driving revenue. So I'm kind of looking at that. Uh, and, 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 I, th- I think really the storytelling and, and, and the, and the content part, uh, you, you almost need just, to run it like a, like a media company, what other companies you mentioned intercom what other companies are doing a good job with storytelling right
0: now well you look at um like and i think storytelling one of the things about storytelling is it comes in different shapes and sizes so there's no one type of storytelling stories happen in in lots of different ways so you know if you look at a company like chipotle for example uh, they had that that video about the evil food empire i mean they they're they're telling great stories to amplify the fact that their food is healthy and and uh, and it's you know made on the spot and they're using story to do that for fast food. Another story brand that really does a great job is Dove. Look at the impact that they've made with their storytelling in terms of supporting women and being advocates for empowerment. And they've used um, television commercials and social media and content and photography and videos to make that happen. And so. I mean, those are brands that you could look to. And I think one of the things that that I do want to emphasize is that you don't necessarily have to have big budgets to tell great stories, is that what you really need is creativity and you need to invest the time to create content that resonates with the people that matter to you. So if you're a small brand and and you don't have to pump content out all the time, you could do one or two really good videos a month or one or two really good blog posts but as long as there that's content and and the stories that connect with that with your customers and prospects then that's successful storytelling. Um, I think we often get caught up in the idea that we have to be all things to all people. We have to be marketing all the time and creating content all the time and for some brands that may work but for a lot of brands, particularly smaller brands, they don't have the capacity or the resources. And so all you'll end up doing is telling really bad stories and your and your marketing will be mediocre. So I often say to people when it comes to marketing and storytelling, less can sometimes be more. If you, if you really focus on, on creating really great content or focus on channels that really work for you, then your chances of being successful are a lot higher.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't really matter whether you're doing something every day or twice a month, as long as it's good. At the end of the day you know, if you can only produce good content twice a month, then do that, right? It's, it's kind of that. To me, it's, that's how I've always looked at it. Um, we've kind of talked about this. We were kind of talking about how to structure teams, but, you know, when it comes to technology, have you given any thought about, you know, what the future of storytelling kind of will look like?
0: It's a really interesting question because I think that storytelling will always be important to brands. And that their ability to connect with consumers in a, in a, in a fast moving world um, will always stay important, will always be something that brands have to focus on. But I think what's interesting is that the marketing channels are always evolved. So, for example, 10 years ago, who, who would have thought that we'd be using all these social media channels or there'd be this huge dependence on brands creating content? Uh, on a regular basis, almost turning themselves into media machines. And, and even these days we're seeing, um, you know, video almost supplanting text as the, as the medium for millennials and in services like Snapchat and Instagram, you know, connecting with um, allowing brands to connect with consumers in in like in using photographs. Um, So like as a marketer, you know, you, you can't get comfortable, and I think that's the problem with being a marketer these days. Is that, is that you know, I'm good at this, and I'm always going to be good at this, and I'll be able to make a living doing this. And all of a sudden, the world changes on you, and you're that's not people don't want that anymore. So, the same goes for brands. Is that you always have to be looking for the different places where you can tell stories. Um, but I, I fundamentally um, believe that storytelling is going to be part of any marketing activity.
1: Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, if it's been part of our civilization for thousands of years i I don't think and i kind of that goes back to uh just the kind of our original conversation or, or the what we kind of were talking about when we first started talking having a framework doing things that are timeless and that kind of allows things to when when tactics change how does the tactic actually operate or or align itself with, with the framework or, or approach that someone's using. So, just to kind of cap off the conversation here, because I, I know I know you're you're a busy guy. We, you know, you you're, you're about to to launch your your, uh, your second edition of the this book. Uh, so I've got a couple of questions that I I kind of end with, and one being, you know, what do you believe that others disbelieve?
0: Well, I'm a I think I'm an advocate for storytelling storytelling people believe right now that it's i mean it's it's a it's very oh it's overhyped i mean everyone's talking about storytelling and some people know what they're talking about and others are just talking about storytelling because it seems to be very very popular these days but but i believe that 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 marketing is grounded in good storytelling and then if you're not telling stories if you're a company and you look at your your marketing and sales and they're not infused with stories you're going to lose um, it doesn't matter how good your product is um, eventually, you're going to fail to connect with consumers. So that's what—that's fundamentally what I believe.
1: So on on the other hand, you know, what have you changed your mind about lately?
0: If that anything? is, oh, that's a huge question, and I, and it's something I've really been thinking about lately is I think that I think as marketers, one of the realities is that it's increasingly difficult to connect with consumers. People, I'm really um, have a lot of questions about whether we're actually doing marketing that 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 consumers are are reacting to are engaged with and that actually is successful and I think um, you know I look at content marketing for example and I ask myself is any of it really working are we just going through the motions are we you know is there or do we have to change our stripes and I think that's something that I think I'm seeing I'm sensing a lot of marketers are starting to question they're starting to question how they are doing their jobs and whether what they're doing is is successful because I think we we're just we're doing things for the sake of doing things because everybody else is doing things but sooner or later we're going to have to do different things and that time is coming soon and i and as a marketer i'm really starting to look at how i serve my clients and whether i'm actually serving them in the right ways
1: no absolutely i've actually been obviously thinking about that a lot just because of our conversations that we've had so where where can people find out about you know more about what you're up to and you know what what you're doing with the book
0: Sure. So uh, my website is is uh, markevans.ca and you can learn about what I do and who I serve. I, most of my clients, many of my clients are B2B technology companies um, looking for uh, brand positioning, storytelling and messaging or they're looking for, for marketing uh, strategies. And um, and the books available now on Amazon, uh, Amazon.ca and Amazon.com. And if you just do Mark Evans Marketing Spark uh, and search using those terms, you'll you'll find the book.
1: And I'll put those in the show notes as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: So this has been great. You know, again, I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck on your book launch. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all.
0: Thanks for the opportunity, Mitch.
1: Well, that's it for this session. For those of you who made it this far, thank you so much. Quick reminder, the show notes will be available on my website at MitchellFanning.com. And at this stage of the game, I really only have two small requests. Number one, I'd really love to get your feedback. And you can do that by either going to iTunes and leaving a review or contacting me via email or social. Just use the hashtag MitchCast. Again, all of this can be found on my website. Because like I said before, it's really going to be your feedback that's going to give me the oxygen to keep me going in the early stages and to improve the show. Because ultimately, I want this to be something that you'll also get value from. Last but not least, if you know somebody who might be interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out and let me know as well. That's it. That's all. Until next time. Thank you so much.